You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend, Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Chiefshead TV, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's love for Green Bay football. Try the text at 231-714-4195, sending questions uh, for the show. We will do our best to answer them for you. Mr. Martin, we have uh, our first division rematch of the season, uh, first of, of three over this final five-game stretch. Um, I'd be interested to talk a little bit of playoffs, hopefully, if we have time today. Something we were trying to get to last week. Uh, but, you know, we're getting down to the wire here. It's, it's definitely a tight race here for the number one seed in the NFC uh playing a little bit of catch up to the Arizona Cardinals fortunately there are um a couple of easy games in our way but maybe an even easier schedule for them so you know we'll we'll see how that shakes out but uh you and I were chuckling because if you google bears news right now <laughs> there is not a word about the upcoming bears packers game it's all about, well, who could our next head coach be? And Matt Nagy hasn't even fired yet. No. <laughs> He's still the head coach, and, all, and they're just clamoring for a new head coach. And I, I don't know about you. I don't even think that Nagy is the real issue with that organization. Not that he's a fantastic coach, but to me, I think you could keep Nagy and get rid of Pace and do more good than uh, getting rid of uh, Nagy and keeping pace probably probably but look let's just say this the Bears are a little bit of a mess right now um, you know you, you want to see if you're running a team some signs of progress and yeah injuries did hit the Bears a little bit this year but I mean not as much as they've hit the Packers let's let's even go there but yeah you're not seeing that progress the only thing I think you could say if you want to keep Nagy is, well, we're developing Justin Fields. We want to keep him in the same system. They are working well together. Uh, maybe we keep him on. But the media and the fan base is so already past Matt Nagy as far as the way they're looking at everything that I would venture to say that his his days as coach of the Chicago Bears are numbered. Here's my biggest argument for why I think Nagy Nagy will be fired is I think uh, I think the organization is going to be concerned about ticket sales next year. And I don't know that fans are going to want to get their butts back in the seats to keep watching Nagy when they are chanting fire Nagy at his son's what is it, uh, soccer games. There's a little league. I forget. Yeah, that that's kind of low. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's that's go, go ahead. You, you had a theory, too, about about him being fired. Well, I, I think the one of the reasons that I think he's gone uh, at the at the end of the season, and I, I believe it's true the Bears have never fired a head coach mid-season. But the reason I think he's gone, uh, look, either, Pace is going to try to fire him because he doesn't want to get fired also. And the only way 
that Pace stays on the job is if Nagy becomes the scapegoat and Pace gets another chance. So that's one choice if Pace stays. But if Pace goes, the new general manager will most likely want to bring in his own person. So either way, I would say the odds are very strong. Barring a five-game winning streak and a wild-card berth, uh, I I think it's pretty safe to say Matt Nagy is not going to survive and be the coach of the Bears in 2022. Could you imagine if they keep Ryan Pace and let him hire a new head coach? I mean, I I was kind of blown away that they let him draft a quarterback this year. This is not me hating on Justin Fields. I'm I actually really like Justin Fields. You remember how high I was on him in the draft. But to me, Ryan Pace has just always felt like a lame duck GM whose days are numbered and you fire him and bring in a new general manager. They don't want somebody else's quarterback. They want to draft their own quarterback. So, you know, what's the appeal here? I mean, especially considering the season that Fields has had this year, I think many general manager candidates could talk themselves into um, saying that he's a bust and trying to move on from just because they're not the guy who drafted him and he had, you know, not a, a Patrick Mahomes first season in the league. Um, well, you got to remember, Patrick Mahomes started one game in his rookie well, year. That's that's why I said first season and not rookie season. Right. You, knew, right. you knew what I meant. I know what my, you meant. I just well, want my, my, to make sure the audience is, is clear that, you know, okay, Mahomes fair. sat for the fair. first 15 games of his rookie year. Fair. I, I absolutely am not writing off Justin Fields, but I think that the situation the Bears have created for themselves here is one that certainly does not benefit Justin at all. I mean, you and I were going through this horrific roster that is surrounding field. <laughs> you know, we were we were chuckling a little bit over his performance this year. You know, he's had basically three decent games. One was really, really good. And the rest of the year has been pretty bad. And you and I kind of looked at each other and just said, well, you know, rookie quarterback on a terrible team. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I don't know what your exact feelings on fields are if you, you know, but, but we both certainly agree. There's plenty of time for him to develop, but he is not in a situation that is conducive to developing. The Bears are where quarterbacks go to die. They haven't had a good quarterback since you were, you know, my age back in the <laughs> 1940s. Sid I had to get one. Sid I had Luckman, to get one one age joke in there. I understand. I had to get one old age joke in while we were actually recording. Um, I zung a couple at you, uh, zinged a couple at you before we started recording. So now I'm probably uh, beating a dead horse, but our listeners didn't hear it. <laughs> Sit, you know, but outside of Sid Luckman, the Bears have have never known how to develop a quarterback. I think I think overall the roster is terrible. I really do. They have a couple of good players. Mooney is okay. Uh, Jason Peters, who's like 40 years old at this point, is obviously still a great tackle. Um, he's a guy who is going to present a matchup problem, uh, but he's not going to be in the league much longer because, again, he's like 40 years old. They have a couple of players on defense who have some promise. But, you know, I said before this season began, I said on this podcast, 
that I thought the problem for the Bears this season was going to be their defense, not so much their offense. And I think that. that I think that's largely the only way you could say it's not true is if you just say, well, but the deep, but the offense has also been terrible, <laughs> but the defense has been quite bad this year. And you look across the, the guys on the field on defense, uh, Jalen Johnson, Robert Quinn and um, Travis Gibson are, are kind of the only competent players they have left now that Khalil Mack is done for the year, which obviously is going to have a big impact on um, the Bears ability to slow down the Packers at all. I th- This is a toothless Bears roster at every level. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's pretty close. Uh, do you do you think the Bears are capable of putting up three scores on the Packers this week? Can they get to three scores? Three touchdowns? No. No, th- three scores, e- even a field goal. Yeah, I think they can get three scores. Uh, but they'll need a turnover to do it. And I don't know that they have... I don't know that they have the dudes on defense to generate turnovers anymore at this point, especially with Khalil Mack being gone. I mean, what even with as as um, inexperienced as our offensive line is, how are they going to get pressure on Rodgers with Robert Quinn and Travis Gibson? Well, maybe maybe blitzing Roquan Smith. Right, Quinn has twelve sacks in eleven games, and he is most likely going to be lined up opposite Yash. And that's the lineup. That's the matchup that the Bears have to take advantage of. And you add to the equation the fact that Aaron Rodgers has his toe injury, is a little less mobile than he normally is, or is at the very least playing in pain. And that's practiced. Yeah, right. So if I'm a Bears fan, that's that's the straw I'm grasping at. And that's the that's the one area where you got to say, okay, my Bears defense right now uh, is third in the NFL with 33 sacks. Can we get pressure on Aaron Rodgers with a Packers team that is playing its third string left tackle? and a quarterback who is dealing with a broken toe. And, you know, it's that plus, I think, they're going to need David Montgomery to gain more than 100 yards and run the ball effectively to keep Rodgers and the Packers' offense off the field. You add a turnover to that, like a plus one or better turnover differential, and I think that's the only path to victory the Bears have. All right. Uh I'm about to make a bold prediction, but before I do that, we really need to do our our introduction arguments here. I think so I just took ahead. the Bears argument for you, so <laughs> why don't you do the Packers? Because I think I just did the Bears. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I do want to. All right, all right. We'll do this. I'll, I'll, I'll make the argument for the Packers. Here's my bold prediction. Ready? Zero sacks, zero interceptions for the Bears defense. Take that to the bank. If I'm wrong. Mr. Martin, you're gonna you're gonna mock me next week on this podcast. Uh, that that'll be my punishment. I hope you're not I, wrong, but yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think the Bears at this point have enough in the tank to get it done. Um, the players are barely bought in, especially on defense. I think that their offense looks quite a bit better as of today than their defense does. Uh, 
Fields is still hanging in there. He's still got uh, a lot of motivation, a lot of resolve. But outside of Fields and Montgomery and uh, a couple other guys along the offense, the only person who I think is invested in trying to win games right now is Matt Nagy. The defense is totally checked out. This is a uh, high-flying Packers team that has been winning gritty games all year long. And despite the injuries, despite the fact that they are coming off a bye week, um, the talent gap here between the Bears and the Packers is just not close. The Packers would have to really fall apart mm-hmm. against who is supposed to be their most heated rival. And the Bears would have to play a perfect game. I just don't think that they are similar enough uh, talent levels that it should even be close. Uh, the 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 very best thing that the Bears can hope for is that Rodgers comes out looking flustered, that uh, there are some turnovers early on, whether it's because of uh, a windy day where Rodgers' passes aren't quite on point or because guys are fumbling, whatever it is, really early on. that That is kind of the only path I see to the Bears even making this close. I think this is going to be a an, an embarrassing day for the Bears fans, but I don't think they're going to care because they're going to see it as the final nail in the coffin for Matt Nagy. I think they're going to be celebrating. I think Bears and Packers fans are going to be rooting for a Packers win this week. Yeah, that very well may be true. Uh, although Bears fans won't admit it until after they lose when they'll say, oh yeah, it was great because you know we're getting rid of Matt Nagy. So uh, the, to me, the, 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 the one statistic that I – here's two statistics that I'm looking at that, to me, tell me the Packers are going to win this football game. Number one, the Bears have allowed 40 sacks so far this season, and that's with a, with a mobile quarterback like Justin Fields. 31 of those sacks by Fields, nine by Andy Dalton when he was quarterback. And the other st- statistic is this. The Bears have only five interceptions as a team all season long. Ouch. Yeah. So, you know, that doesn't bode well for them being able to intercept Rodgers, who only has thrown four interceptions all year. And, you know, if Fields is under pressure all game and and Rashawn Gary should be a little healthier and Preston Smith is ready to go and Jonathan Garvin is off the COVID list as well, uh, if the Packers can get a little pressure on fields, and I think they'll use Devondre Campbell as a little bit of a spy in case he wants to run. Uh, I just don't see the Bears moving the ball down the field with any kind of regularity. Now, Fields has the arm to get the occasional deep ball, but again, he needs time to do it, and I can't see him doing it consistently. Yep, I think it's an accurate assessment. Darnell Mooney is playing a little bit better right now than he was Early in the year when we did a overview of the Bears uh, roster, two other guys who were playing better football than they were back then, Cody Whitehair and James Daniels, your left and right guard, playing really good football. Uh, Sam Mustafer, their center, is still the liability he was all season. I think uh, Kenny Clark should have a banner day. Um, The pass rush for the Packers to me is going to be a lot a lot more about the Packers than about the Bears and and a big part of that has to do with you know I have been underwhelmed with uh the Packers 
pass rush since they lost uh, Merciless. Right. And I, I, I don't think we're getting Zadarius back um, soon. You know, people keep dropping little clues that he's coming back. Namely, Zadarius thinks he's <laughs> coming back, but Zadarius has thought he's coming back for like nine weeks straight now. So I'm not, I'm not buying that until I hear it from the team. Lafleur kind of said, "Well, you know, we might get uh, Bakhtiari or Jair or Zadarius back this week. That might happen." Rogers came out and basically immediately said, "Yeah, Bakhtiari's not coming back. Not sure where that's coming from." But Jair was designated for return from IR. He was at practice on Thursday. Super exciting. I highly doubt he plays this week, but that's fine because the Bears can't really pass anyways most of the time. Um, but I would like to get some help, you know, in the pass rush. That has been a little bit underwhelming. Certainly the week we didn't have um, Rashawn Gary, it was a problem. But to me, this Bears offensive line is one that they should be able to take advantage of. And I would just like to see it so I can have a little more confidence again that they can do it. Uh, And we're back. You didn't notice this, but seven hours have gone by. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I live in the great white north and many of our listeners do as well. But uh, I live in northern Michigan. We had a heck of a blizzard come through, uh, lost all connection to the outside world. I could not send or receive texts. I could not make phone calls. Um, So Gil just patiently just kind of sat around. And um, (laughs) fortunately, we were able to record or uh, recover the beginning of the podcast here. Uh, It is late Thursday night. Now we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Thursday night football is over. Unfortunately, uh, the, the Steelers were not able to help us out. Uh, almost so did. Be, they, yeah. Almost we will not be clinching comeback, the division this week on Sunday. No, not this week. So we were about to do the injury report. Uh, Gil, you want to take that? Yeah. Uh, well, obviously let's, let's start out with Randall Cobb because there's some mm-hmm. bad news about that. Uh, Matt LaFleur indicating on Thursday that he had uh, core muscle surgery and he will possibly miss the rest of the regular season as yeah. a result of that. So now the reality is uh, Amari Rogers, maybe Equinemius is going to have to step up and fill in uh, in that Randall Cobb void. That's going to be crucial. Uh, I, I think it's going to be one of those two guys. It really is. But Randall was the wide receiver two on this team. Uh, really crucial in a lot of uh, third down situations, especially in the end zone. We're going to need production from guys. I will say I am optimistic because, you know, we didn't have Cobb last year. And we had uh, all the other guys that we do still have right now. Mm-hmm. We had wide receiver two production uh, coming from different places last year. It's going to have to be the same thing right now. If Cobb can come back for the playoffs, that would be huge. I don't know if he can because that's honestly getting really close. But having just another reliable target uh, in the end zone in some tough close games could make all the difference. I think it probably would have made the difference uh, last year against Tampa. 
you know, that's the big one. I mean, Aaron Rodgers not practicing, but we didn't expect him to practice. Um, Mercedes Lewis doing the veteran rest thing. Uh, Kevin King, full participant. So uh, there's a, an improvement. And uh, Devontae Adams with the hamstring, still a limited participant for the Packers. Yep. Uh, Bears, uh, no Andy Dalton, but we already know Justin Fields is uh, going to start. Uh that's sort of the big one. David Montgomery, who's been playing the last couple of weeks, limited on Thursday, did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, Allen Robinson limited as well. He's still dealing with the hamstring. Uh, those are sort of the big ones, uh, unless you go with T's Tabor. Who, well, uh, the, the other one I'm... The other guy I'm I'm looking at is Travis Gibson because he was one of the guys that we highlighted at the beginning of this podcast as being one of the three only good defensive players they have right now. He right. has an illness. You got to imagine he's playing on Sunday, but hopefully he feels under the weather. Uh, feel, <laughs> hopefully he slow, feels great <laughs> on Monday. I hope he feels great on Monday, but on Sunday, you know, buddy, if you're a little dehydrated and uh, just want to go sit down for a little bit. I don't just don't push it too hard. Go take a breather, you know, sit out for a half or, you know, I mean, whatever you need, man. <laughs> just take it easy. Push it. It's okay. <laughs> don't push it. That's right. Well, and of course, uh, who is not on the injury report for the Packers would be, uh, the guys who are on the COVID list. Uh, that would be Devon right. Campbell and Jordan love. um, do we think Devondre is going to play this week? I do, although he has to be asymptomatic. Uh, he's eligible to come off Friday. He would have to be asymptomatic and and get out of the protocols. And if he does, yes, he would be available. And I do think he'll play if he can. Uh, Jordan Love will not be available, which means Kurt Bankert will probably, he's already been elevated and will probably serve as the backup. And we kind of need Devondre because one of the few things that the Bears do do really well on either side of the ball is they can run it. David Montgomery has been quite good. It's like they're like the eighth best rushing team in the NFL. Yes, they were number eight. Now, here's the biggest thing that I think is a real concern. Uh, The Packers quite famously recently stink at coming out of their bye week. Aaron Rodgers tends to play poorly after a bye week or after missing mm-hmm. some time. It doesn't really seem to apply when he gets a playoff bye. That seems to just benefit him. But you look at when he missed a week just this season and came back uh, against the Seahawks. That was one of his worst games all year. He really has only had two pretty bad games this year. One was week one against the Saints. Don't need to elaborate on that. The other one was against the Seahawks <laughs> when he missed a week against uh, Kansas City. Uh, Mr. Pack Daddy on Twitter compiled a nice little bit of information here. Aaron Rodgers, after a break in 2021, after his COVID week off, he had a 47.3 PFF grade. 2021, uh, after the off season. This is week one against the Saints, 44.3. That is his uh, worst PFF grade ever, uh, according to Pac Daddy. I didn't fact check him, but I think he's got that right. 
2020 mm-hmm. after the bye week, 44.7 worst of the entire season. 2019 after the bye, 39.4 again worst of the season. Rodgers seems to really struggle with regular season breaks. Why is that? I don't have any idea. I am not an Aaron Rodgers whisperer. But the Packers bye week curse is a thing. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you something. Yeah, no. Well, look, they have lost their last what four bye week uh, post games. Well, it's more than that. It's more than that. Uh, under Lafleur, they played their two worst games of the season mm-hmm. after the bye week. Last year, it was the Buccaneers game was the game after the bye week. The previous year, it was the San Francisco game during the regular season yeah. after the bye week. And those weren't just losses; those were embarrassments. This team has to be psychologically ready you know it's okay to lose sometimes no teams go no team has ever gone 17 and 0 in a regular season obviously you can't come out after every bye week and lay an egg mentally emotionally and 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 physically ready to play the only thing that that maybe gives me a glimmer of hope when you talked about Aaron Rodgers not playing well after a bye the fact that he hasn't been practicing may mean that he's more used to taking a little time off uh, and, and that may negate that a little bit. I'm hoping I'm, I'm grasping at straws, but, <laughs> and the other games were all road games too. I, I, I am confident this team will at least not play their worst game of the year this Sunday night at Lambeau field. At the end of the day, one of two curses has to break either the Packers bye week curse or the bears sucking, right? It's one of the two. <laughs> Can't have it both ways. Very true. Uh, I'm confident about this game. I mean, are you really worried? Are you really worried that the division is is going to be an issue? Absolutely not. But it's it's it'd be fun to wrap it up this early. Nobody else uh, can, as far uh, I, I believe, nobody else can lock up a playoff spot this week. Not even the Cardinals, who are right what, ten and two right now. Uh, and the Cardinals are kind of the team that we're chasing. We have the tiebreaker right. over them, but they need to lose one game. And I don't think they're going to lose to the Lions. I don't think well, they're they going to the They play the Rams, the Colts, and the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. You have to imagine one of those four games they drop. Now, I know the Seahawks At least. stink, but the Seahawks are in their division I mean, it's I, a rivalry game, so it's a little more unpredictable. And where is that game? That game is at Arizona. Actually, okay. all of these games, all of the tough games except for Cowboys is at Arizona. They do have to travel to Dallas and they have to go to Detroit. Um, I think Cardinals over Lions is about as surefire a win as you can find anywhere. Cardinals, so they, yeah, but they we are. We play Detroit too, though. <laughs> yeah, we do, but you know as well as I do that Detroit plays Green Bay tough. They yes, even they if do. they play nobody else tough. Um Cardinals and Seahawks faced off against each other just the week before last. Final score was 23 to 13. It was not terribly close. Uh Cardinals end up winning that one. They've done really well in their own division so far this year. They've gone two and one so far they beat the rams 37 to 20 they beat the 49ers 31 to 17 but they also lost to the 49ers uh 10 to 7 or 17 10 
Wait. Mm-hmm. No, they beat them both times. Never mind. Okay. So they're undefeated in their division so far. So that's uh, <laughs> it's disappointing. Well, I don't, I don't know. This is the uh, this is the tough one. You got it. The Cardinal here. Here's one of the reasons why I really want to get ahead of the Cardinals is because it is not out of the question for J.J. Watt to come back during the playoffs. So I don't want them right. to have that bye week. Don't give them that bye week. We need the bye week. We are really banged up we need it and we need them to not get it i would agree that it would be beneficial for this team to have the buy is i mean we've already said randall cobb may be out for the rest of the regular season to give him the buy gives him an even better chance of coming back you want jair alexander zadarius smith david bakhtiari assuming that all of them can come back before the playoffs start, that extra week of rest would probably be a big help. Not to mention Aaron Rodgers' toe and, you know, several other injuries that we probably haven't been told about that every NFL player is dealing with a nagging injury by this point in the regular season. So uh, you, if you can get that week off, plus which, look, let's say this, it's always better to have teams who play in Dallas, Los Angeles, and and the desert of Arizona come to frigid Lambeau Field in January rather than us going there. And you want one less game to get to the Super Bowl. Why why have to win three games when you can only have to win two? The Packers currently have a 30% chance of that first round by the Cardinals have a 41% chance. Interestingly, if the Packers win out, which I don't see any reason why they can't win out. They play the Bears, the Ravens, who, if you've not been paying attention to the Ravens, the Ravens are not looking good right now. Very vulnerable. Uh, mm-hmm. Then they have the Browns on Christmas Day. Browns have really been struggling. Um, I grew up in Ohio. I pay a lot of attention to the Browns. Browns fans are out on Baker Mayfield right now. Um, they yes. are, they are yeah. very much in disarray. Then we ha- we do finish off the season with Vikings and Lions. To me, out of the out of that five game stretch, you know, last last year when we were, uh, it was basically this time. I think it was right after the loss to the Colts. I said on the show that I thought they were going to run the table, and you did, and you were right. And, and and this year, I think it's definitely within reach. That Vikings game does concern me because the Vikings clearly are a team that can go off at any moment there. Mm-hmm. They have a really good offense. That defense is horrific, but if the Packers have another slow start and let the Vikings play their style of football all day, you get a situation like what we had against the Packers last time, what you had against the Steelers uh, tonight. That's to me is kind of the dangerous one. And then you wrap up with the lions game. If they win all five of those games, the odds of them getting the uh, one seed in that buy go up to 90%. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, if they win, if the Packers win out, they'll be in very good shape for mm-hmm. the for the top seed. Very good shape. But here's the thing. As, as, as well as this team has played, given these very difficult circumstances, they have not been dominant all season. I mean, yeah, okay, but, can you but name nobody a comp- has. No team has. 
Agreed. Agreed. But but to if you win four out of five of the remaining games, which is what you would expect from a team that's very good but not dominant. Yeah. Uh you know, that's a different story. You're saying they have to go 5-0 and down the stretch. And I'm not saying that's impossible, but I'm saying last year when we ran the table after that loss to Indianapolis, the Packers were a much more dominant team, especially on offense. Defense was a little weaker probably than this year's unit, but offensively they were dominant last year. This year they're good, maybe even very good, but they're not dominant. And I just wonder if running the table is maybe asking a bit much for this team uh, at at this point. The schedule lines up fairly well right now, better than I thought it did two or three weeks ago. But running the table, not going to be easy. Well, okay, last last year, you know, we had that loss to the Colts. After the Colts' loss, there were six more regular season games. We won six. This year, we Correct. lost to the Vikings. And then, including the Rams game, which has already happened, we already took care of business there. And I think most people would say that's the most dangerous out of that six-game stretch. It's six games right there. You got to win six in a row. And I think that probably gives you the one seed. I, I think you can count on the Cardinals to drop one, probably. Yes. So you got to win. Maybe the- even two with that schedule. Maybe. After that six game stretch, you got to win a playoff game. You got to win the conference championship. That's eight games in a row. You're in the Super Bowl. And then the Super Bowl. You got to win nine in a row, I think, to win a Super Bowl, unless Arizona drops two. And then you can afford to drop one in that six game stretch. It's asking a lot. No question. No question. They, They went seven. Uh, seven in a row last year after that Colts loss, couldn't pull out the eighth. Uh, they got to be better this year. And I think the thing they have going for them is that I don't think at any point last year you had any confidence in the defense to win you a game. I think you were always just hoping that the defense could do just enough so that they wouldn't lose you the game. This year, absolutely, we have seen at times the defense be by far the superior unit um, on mm-hmm. this team. You know, it's nice that the Packers' offense has woken up, but uh, over the last two games they played, they allowed 70 points in two games to the Vikings and the Rams. No, they didn't. I was looking at the Packers' score. Uh, <laughs> 34 and 28, not 34 and 36. 34 and 28. Uh, that's, I'm not going to do math on the podcast cause that never goes over well, but you know, it's close to 70 points. <laughs> it's, it's just a hair off. <laughs> it's just a hair off <clears throat> 62. If my, if my uh, quick maths are any good. Yes. That yes. that's a far cry from giving up 21, 13 and zero to the Cardinals chiefs and Seahawks before that. Um, no question that um, the defense has to kind of get back to form. And I, I just I, I hope that the bye week helps with that. But you do just kind of notice that it correlates with them losing Whitney Merciless. Um, I think Preston really has to kind of step up and fill that fill those shoes opposite Rashawn. It's got to be Rashawn and Preston or maybe Zedarius comes back for the playoffs. Uh, but but we need to keep winning up front. Jair coming back, though, man, that could be a difference maker. 
it could be huge. And, and I don't think there would be a team in the NFL that would have a better top five cornerback group than Alexander, Stokes, Douglas, Sullivan, and King. Yeah, that's that's. I noticed you put King fifth out of five guys there, but that, that's okay with me. Uh, so that's that's a, that's a good that's a good room, and and you got two good safeties as well that uh, we really like. Um, two very good safeties, yeah. So we got to do our our score predictions here. And uh, curious about any last final thoughts you have on this on this Bears game here. Yeah, uh, final thought is this is a game that the Packers, the, the the only team I think that could beat the Packers in this game is the Packers. Uh, it would take a very sloppy performance by the Packers and an almost perfect performance by the Bears for this game to be lost. Uh, I don't think the Packers will take the Bears lightly. It's on national television. It's a home game. It's a division game, a big rivalry game. Uh, I think the Bears will be psyched up, especially after the I own you comment or the the I still own you comment by Rodgers after he scored in Chicago. But the Packers are the better team. They should win it. And should I give my score now or, or... Yeah, what's your score prediction? Okay, I I say Packers 28, Bears 17. I am curious. Last time we played the Bears, you said on this podcast that you were concerned about Justin Fields uh, hurting us with his legs. Now that you've seen, you know, most of the season of Fields and played against Fields, uh, rate your fear factor about Justin Fields as a runner. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, I'd go six. Six. All right. All right. Six. Uh, where Where would you go? Oh, I I'd I'd say I'm down about uh, three or four. Um, okay. Hope that doesn't come back to bite me. But that, that's about where I'm at right now. Fear factor. <laughs> My score prediction: twenty four fifteen. Packers win it. Um, I just want to see the uh, the defense get cooking again and. The Bears defense does not scare me, but the Packers special teams does. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, boy, do they. Yeah, you're not alone on that. I think the Packers special teams scare the Packers most of the time. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, about 1 a.m. here, so I'm going to wrap it up and get to bed. That does it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Packers and at JJ Lake. You can stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also email us at askmohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com.